Welcome to the Fun Astrology Podcast. It's Friday, April 29th. Thomas Miller, let's wrap the week up strong because we have an eclipse tomorrow. You've been aware of this all week, haven't you? Well, let's talk about some particulars about the eclipse itself first, then we'll start to apply it to our lives and our charts. So the eclipse occurs, now there's some slop here as far as what chart you're looking at or what data source you're looking at. I've got the Honeycomb Collective here. <laughs> now mine is set to New York, New York. And the reason I set my honeycomb to that is I use it to spot aspects during the day for trading. But at, so based on New York time, 4.28 p.m. tomorrow afternoon at 10 degrees, 28 minutes in Taurus. This is a partial solar eclipse that is basically centered in the Southern Hemisphere, right off the tip of South America. There really are no places in the United States where this will be seen. It's basically grayed out, blacked out. What we're looking at is South America and part of Antarctica. <laughs> so we could go do a penguin trip and see some of it, but we got to get down there really fast. Sorry, I'm out. Y'all could come over to the house and help me unpack. That would be a whole lot better because the visibility on this really is quite minimal. In fact, the maximum is right the tip of South America and then right into the ocean between there and Antarctica. I would imagine, as always, YouTube will have some cameras somewhere, and it is collective energy in the sky, so we will all feel the elements of it. Now, I've set my chart to 4.28 p.m. Asheville, North Carolina, for a look at where this shows up. And as we mentioned earlier in the week, we could go a little house jumping here because at that moment in the whole sign chart, the action happens in the ninth house. But if you move back to the equal house system, it's in the eighth house. The other thing that is significant here are two big, powerful stelliums. Have you been feeling the Piscean energy? I know you have because I've been hearing from some of you. It's the same stack we've been seeing in the sky. Mars, Neptune, Venus, and Jupiter, all in Pisces. And for example, you have Pluto at 28 degrees Capricorn in a sextile to Neptune, Venus, and Jupiter in Pisces. So not only do we have a Pisces stellium, but we have it highly activated. That's Pluto. What about Saturn? Well, it's in a semi-sextile aspect, a 30-degree aspect, because Saturn is at 24 degrees Aquarius. So you have Pluto leaning on this from a sextile and Saturn leaning on it from a semi-sextile. Now, at least those are more positive aspects. And as we mentioned earlier in the week, that kind of takes me back to looking at this from a ninth house perspective, or at least let's say this, from a consciousness perspective. If you're awake, and if you're doing the work, you get a sextile. If you're not and you need a knock on your head, you get Saturn from one direction, Pluto a little bit further away, and bam, Pisces. Whoa, shall we bring the 12th house into this thing? <laughs> In other words, Pisces can be this ethereal kind of dreamy characteristic or quality, but it also rules the 12th house. The house of endings, completions, wake-up calls, etc. I got a text from somebody yesterday who I know quite well who is going through a Saturn return. 
the first Saturn return and is going through some challenges with it, no doubt. That's the wake-up call side of this. The other stellium that we have for this event is in Taurus because the event itself is in Taurus. So that puts the moon and the sun there together along with Uranus and the north node of the moon. Now, by the time of the eclipse, Mercury will have just crossed over the county line. So Sheriff Buford won't be able to catch it. Mercury is out of Taurus. <laughs> and Mercury ends up in the 10th whole sign house at the time of the eclipse as well, ruled by Gemini. So let's just interpret that. This thing is going to communicate a message, isn't it? At least in our house jumping, if we stay with the 10th house. Now, Mercury would move back to the 9th house in equal signs. So, see, there's a dance here. Either way, there's a spiritual component to this that is absolutely huge. Okay, what do you do with your own chart? Well, first of all, where are Scorpio and Taurus? Because that's where the nodes are. And, of course, Taurus is where the event is, Scorpio being the other side, and Scorpio being that south node of the moon. So your Taurus area and planets and aspects are going to get hit. Scorpio aspects and planets are going to get hit. Pisces planets and aspects are going to get hit. And I would also throw those positions of Saturn and Pluto that we just mentioned, 28 degrees Capricorn, 24 degrees Aquarius. Those could be more activated based on what takes place here. Now, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I just made a decision to do this. I'm going to put the 101 course on Eclipse sale just for the weekend. Let's do this for the weekend all the way through Sunday night. I'll probably shift it over Monday morning. So if you'd like to get a deep discounted price on the 101 course, it would be a great time to jump in. Because this is where you have to learn the synthesis. And that's what we're intending to create with the 101 course. So what does Saturn in Aquarius at 24 look like in your chart? Well, that's what the course will teach. We can't obviously go into all the possibilities here. But synthesizing that in your own chart is a big part of where and how is the eclipse going to affect me. Same thing for Pluto in Capricorn, 28 degrees. What is that going to mean in my chart? So if you'd like to catch that, come on in and check out funastrology.com, and the links are there on the homepage. You don't have to chase anything down. It's just right there. Go down a little bit, and there's a box you check, and that takes you to where you buy the course. I'll put it on deep discount sale starting this morning. I think the other little coping skill for this one, especially with the south node in Scorpio, I just am never for the next year and a half going to minimize that position all the way through. We've already seen the impact of it. My goodness, it moved in and World War III were just on a tinderbox. So this thing is to be respected tremendously. I think the one thing we have to realize, two things we have to realize. One is we all chose to be here during this time. So we have a purpose. Keep looking for what that purpose is. The other thing is, and this too shall pass. So if you're feeling some tense energy right now, get out your journal, capture it, come back to it. Listen to an audiobook. Get one of Fred's audiobooks. Please help support this work. Get one of Fred's audiobooks and listen to it. It will encourage you. 
If you'd rather do the same thing but with an astrological twist, then either take your sun sign or your rising sign and get the corresponding elements series book to that and listen to that. Of course, the author there is Steve Forrest. Actually, also, if you'd like to just check out and chill out with a great astrology audiobook, The Endless Sky by Steve Forrest would be perfect. But do something to calm your mind. Put some earbuds in. Just chill out with some good old astrology or good old reality creation from Fred. Both of them will lift you up. See, do something like that to get through. And then just don't worry about kind of checking out. You know, it's like if you need a break, you need a break. So honor yourself and honor the process. It's all a dance. And if you'd like to dump something out in 90 seconds or less, then get on the speak pipe at the top of the webpage and we'll talk about your question next week. How about that? All right, let's all have a good one here. We'll get through this if you're feeling it. If not, then it could be just some really cool pictures and images over the weekend. Hope you have a great one, and I will see you back on Monday. Sending you all kinds of love. Thanks for listening.